On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Uh, we managed to make it through the first 63 or 64 minutes of the show without talking in much substance about events on the other side of the Irish Sea. Because, my God, uh, is if a week is a long time in politics, then even the last the 72 hours must seem like an epochal time. Uh, Quasi Quarteng was on the BBC News at 10 on Thursday night saying that he would be at the dispatch box on Halloween to issue the UK's budget. He would still be Chancellor. Liz Truss would still be Prime Minister. About 13 hours later, he was already back uh, from Washington in London and he'd been sacked as Chancellor of the Exchequer. And of course, that is him being sacked for a policy that the Prime Minister, Liz Truss, co-authored and fully agrees with, and even said so in her letter of dismissal to Kwasi Kwarteng as it was published on Friday lunchtime. Um, today, I've been speaking to Professor Tim Bale, who's Professor of Politics in the School of Politics and International Relations at Queen Mary University in London. And I started, him by, started by asking him to uh, prescribe whether he believes that Liz Truss will still be there in hours, days, weeks from now. I think Liz Truss's days are numbered, to be honest. And the question is whether we can uh, count how long she's got left in terms of days or in terms of weeks. Uh, I think clearly um, Conservative Party MPs are talking to each other both face to face and on WhatsApp over the weekend and working out what on earth they can do. I think the opinion polls are so bad uh, that uh, they need to make a decision quite quickly. Uh, And certainly if the markets aren't calmed on Monday, I think she's gone. Um, When you say the opinion polls, would that suggest that there is a live prospect of a general election or that the Tories might find themselves walking into one? Because obviously that's a question that when you when you dispose of a second leader in short order and you'd have two successive prime ministers that haven't gone through the the measure of a general election, you could argue that, of course, the general election is the last thing the Tories want. So what's the relevance of opinion polls, really? Well, I mean, I think Conservative MPs always want to hang on to their seats and they are thinking about the next general election whenever that happens. And I think they realise now that they can't possibly win it with Liz Truss uh, at the helm. Uh, I doubt very much whether we will see a general election anytime soon, however, um, you know, on the logic that turkeys don't vote for Christmas. There will be demand clearly on the part of the opposition and indeed commentators and indeed perhaps the public for a, a general election. Um, you know, because, as you say, the Conservative Party will be replacing a leader yet again uh, without one. Uh, but I don't think the Conservative Party will uh, accede to those demands. And it constitutionally has no need to. But it can you, carry on for as long as it wants. But you don't see there being any kind of irresistible push from within the party that they would, they would find it untenable to replace leader twice without going to the public for approval first? Uh, No, I think it's embarrassing for the party, but I don't think that embarrassment will lead them to uh, make a decision which could see the Conservative Party, at least on current opinion poll ratings, completely uh, annihilated. I think they will do what most governments do in this situation, which is hang on for as long as possible and hope that something turns up. Um, It's quite fascinating to watch all of this happening um, to the Conservative Party in particular, because if you just think about what conservative ideology means, it means trying to defend the institutions of the nation and the state that that have brought it to the progress that, that it's currently reached. And it's somewhat ironic that the greatest structural weakness within the UK now is actually the Conservative Party itself. Yes, but there's always been a tension uh, in a Conservative Party, at least since the 1980s, between those who you know, take that view of conservatism, which is about preservation, uh, and those who uh, see themselves as disruptors, who 
would like to see a more neoliberal uh, economy, and that, of course, um, you know, sits in tension in some senses with the, those more traditional conservative values. The fact is, trusts and and quarting, um, you know, taking over was in some senses the victory, albeit possibly a temporary victory for that that second strain, that disruptive neoliberal strain, uh, and look where it's got them. Um, does Jeremy Hunt uh, represent a break from that strain or, or a victory for that, that earlier strain of conservatism? Or how do you think that there's an ideological fit between him and the new PM? Well, I don't think, funnily enough, there is a huge amount of ideological difference in the Conservative Party, by which I mean most Conservative MPs are what I would describe as bog-standard Thatcherites. They want a smaller state, they want less regulation, they want lower taxes, and they want spending kept down. But there is a difference between people like Hunt and Truss in the sense that people like Hunt, uh, you know, always mitigate uh, that with electoral reality. Uh, they realise that in order to hold on to, you know, the electoral coalition, particularly the electoral coalition that Boris Johnson built in 2019, uh, they can't realise their dreams completely. And if they are to do uh, anything towards, you know, moving Britain towards this uh, more you know, neoliberal um, nirvana, if you like, it has to be done slowly and it has to be done by stealth, not through some shock and awe mini budget. When you mentioned that that electoral coalition, I, I, I think you mean you, you're referring to the idea of the, the red wall and that these kind of blue wall Tories now that were elected in, in northern parts of England that would traditionally vote mm. for Labour because of their social leanings. Um, when you think mm. about it that way, was it just simply an act of crass stupidity for a prime minister governing over a Conservative Party that's borrowed all these Labour votes to immediately start setting about tax cuts for the rich and then the threat of, of welfare cuts to pay for it? Well, I mean, you can just about see a logic in the sense that uh, Truss and Kuateng felt that growth was um, too slow in this country uh, and wouldn't deliver the economic benefits that in some senses Boris Johnson had promised in 2019 and that Brexit itself promised. So, you know, doing something about that uh, through some sort of trickle-down economics and kick-starting the economy through tax cuts you know, made some sense. Uh, however, I think, you know, the idea that it, it could be done without, for example, cutting um, public spending as well was always a fantasy. And certainly the markets uh, thought it was a fantasy. And that wouldn't go down very well at all with the you know, working class voters who, you know, switched to the Tories uh, in, in 2019. So uh, I think it was always uh, going to be uh, a problem. However, you know, if like Trust and Kwarteng, you see the world through ideological blinkers, then you don't necessarily always appreciate that. Well, that might be getting to my next question then, because if you said that it was always, you know, it was always going to be this way, and of course hindsight is always twenty twenty, but that it would have seemed pretty evident to most people that you couldn't propose to do one without facing the consequences of the other as well. Um, was it just that they were so ideologically blinkered that they thought they could get away with it? Was there this kind of element of reinventing uh, Reaganism that they just thought that Britain was such a, a a mighty empire that you could effectively do what you liked with the economy and that the investors would always stand by you? Or, or where do you think it came from? Well, I think there was an element of that. And I think Brexit does also have a lot to do with it, actually. I think, uh, you know, there were some people for whom Brexit meant uh, Britain deregulating, uh, meant Britain becoming more like uh, an Anglo-Saxon American style economy than a European uh, economy. And in some senses, Truss and Kwarteng seizing the leadership was a chance to to realise that that dream. Uh, clearly, um, it's turned into a bit of a, a nightmare for them. 
Um, do you think, by the by, because I know Jeremy Hunt's got another, uh, I don't think it's a mini budget, I think in, in this instance it's a full-on budget uh, in, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, and by the way, it's somewhat ironic to remember that literally nothing of the mini budget has ever even been implemented yet. None of it exists in law. It's all just entirely exists as a, a kind of a political pledge. Um, but that w- what is left of the PM's credibility when Jeremy Hunt is already talking about unpicking further parts of that mini budget and presumably, therefore, the, the full budget in a couple of weeks' time is going to look very different to the outline of trussonomics that, that she got elected on. Well, to be honest, I think her credibility is completely shredded, completely shot. I mean, Jeremy Hunt uh, is not really <laughs> uh, operating as a uh, an employee, if you like, of the Prime Minister. He's now uh, operating as, I think, something of a uh, a rogue element. I mean, he's making it pretty obvious, I think, that uh, neither he nor the Conservatives think much of you know what she did and what Quirteng did uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so is, know, is he almost they, a de facto PM then in truth? Because if, if he's a, a Chancellor that's got much more liberty to pursue whatever it is that he wants to against the PM's wishes, it seems like he's the most empowered Chancellor ever. Yeah, I mean, I think he is uh, literally unsackable. Um, I think there is a question as to whether what he's doing, uh, what he's talking about will actually calm the markets next week. I think if it doesn't, then, you know, trust is gone in a few days time. Uh, you know, it, he is he is a powerful figure, but he isn't necessarily the person who will take over from Liz Truss. I think, you know, the Conservatives are going to have to decide on um, who that is and quite how they get him or her into post. Um, who do you think that might be? Because there's obviously a lot of speculation about either Rishi Mordaunt, or Rishi Sunak, excuse me, or Penny Mordaunt, obviously the two people that Liz Truss defeated mm. uh, in the latter stages of Conservative leadership. Is there a prospect of there being a joint ticket there or, or is a joint ticket in truth possibly the only way that you can have an orderly transition to remove Liz Truss as quickly as possible? Yeah, I'm never quite sure about these joint tickets because, as you know, politicians are individually quite ambitious people. And I'm Mm. I'm not sure one of those people would want to take um, the second spot. I mean, there are others as well who might feel that they have a chance, Um, you know, perhaps Kemi Badenoch or or perhaps um, Suella Braverman as well. So I think one of the problems with the Conservative Party is it's going to be difficult to um, conduct some kind of coronation when, you know, uh, there are a number of crown princes, not all of whom I think will be happy to, to you know, give up their chance um, to someone else. Um, can I just remark in passing, by the way, that the idea that Jeremy Hunt is effectively unsackable and if something that he does now displeases the markets, that it's Liz Truss who gets sacked for it. Just, just what a world in which basically you can be <laughs> sacked for, for the act. You know, at least Quasi Quartin got sacked for doing something that the PM agreed with. There's a fair chance the PM could get sacked now for the Chancellor doing something that she doesn't agree with. Um, so the final a bigger picture question for you, though, um, and you might have some memories of it yourself. I recall you coming to a Fianna Fáil or a Desh, uh, back in... 2013 or 14 uh, and outlining not a sort of not a prescription for a cause of action but outlining some of the ways in which Fianna Fáil could learn from the Conservative Party and how it had rebuilt itself in 13 years of opposition under Tony Blair and Gordon Brown. The idea that the party had been so demoralised and decimated um, in 1997 that it went away and did certain things to get itself back on an even keel that ultimately led to its return to power in 2010. And you outlined those lessons for Fianna Fáil and some of them were taken on board. Do you see the Conservative Party now as having to go back to the well and to really fundamentally redefine what it is to be a Conservative, to redefine what the party stands for? Or or can they still pull themselves out of this slump? 
I'm not sure that they can rebuild the ship at sea, to be honest. I think they will require uh, a period in opposition. I think the question now is quite how badly they're going to lose the next election. If they can stop digging, they might get some way out of the hole that they're in and give them some chance of, you know, just being in opposition for, say, five years rather than 10 years. Uh, but I think really it is a question, uh, as I say, of, uh, of going into opposition and doing in some ways precisely what you just talked about. Professor Tim Bale, the Professor of Politics at the School of uh, Politics and International Relations at Queen Mary University, uh, speaking to me a little bit earlier. Uh, We pointedly spoke to him early because, honestly, who knows what could have changed in the three hours between the time that we spoke to him and the time that we were going to get to air his interview. But very much appreciate his thoughts for us uh, on the record this lunchtime. On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.